Amen. All right, let's take the revelation that you brought with you today and turn to the gospel, the good news of Matthew. The good news of Matthew. Somebody's got something you want to give away. I can just see it on your faces right now. Brother Shannon's got something he's eager that he's wanting to say. Uh huh. Chapter fifteen. Yeah. Yes. Uh, Jesus is speaking, and he says, "But in vain they do worship me, teaching the doctrines and commandments of men." Yes. Yes. And I, it just spoke to me that 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 too many times people. Listen to, of course, he's talking to the Pharisees here, mm-hmm. and it just it just hits me that, that too many people are listening to men and not listening to God. And if you turn to chapter fifteen, if you're not already there, we're going to start in verse number one, and we're not going to get like way off deep into some of these thoughts, but you'll see the setting. What what was it that Jesus was unveiling? To these men, it began by a question. And they, he says in verse number one, then the scribes and the Pharisees who were from Jerusalem, this is Matthew 15, 1, then the scribes and the Pharisees who were from Jerusalem. Remember, Jerusalem is a hotbed of rebellion. That, that leadership there in Jerusalem was infiltrating all that surrounding area. Jesus had already shared with us. He's going to bring it up again. But he talked about leaven. When he says that there is the leaven of Herod, the leaven of the Sadducees, and the leaven of the Pharisees. And each one of those aspects of the leaven had... Uh, a unique dynamic to it. The leaven of Herod was more about worldliness. That's something that we have to be very cautious and very careful about because when you put yeast in something, that's what leaven is. It's yeast. When you put yeast in dough, what does that what does that leaven or yeast do? It what? It will it will permeate. It doesn't take a lot. You put a little yeast in a pile of dough and that leaven over a period of time in normal temperatures is going to permeate and it will. It's going to have a a reaction within that that it's going to make that dough rise. And it doesn't take a whole lot, just like it doesn't take a lot of, of the thought process, say, of Herod, worldliness, to get in our lives and and, and affect us and get our focus totally off the Lord. Uh, The leaven of the the Sadducees, they had problems with things like the resurrection. They didn't believe in the resurrection. They didn't believe in miracles. They didn't believe in the supernatural work of God in transforming lives. Like Miss Barbara brought out that in her mind, when we are praying for people, we believe that God is able to make a difference in their life. Now, we bring it to Him. We're asking Him to do it. The prayer is so that we can, number one, acknowledge that He is able. Number two, when He does it, we know who did it 
And therefore we give him credit and glory for it. And it keeps us in communication of sharing our heart and our desire with the Lord. Prayer itself is not where the power is at. The power is in him. He's the one who makes the difference. We get involved in it when we pray. We are connected to it when we pray. Are you with me? It's him who makes the difference. He is the enabler. He is the one who is the one who actually transforms and changes the circumstances. But we get involved and we can see him at work. And even our prayer, when we are praying scripturally, biblically, soundly, the glories of God, it is God who what works in us to will and to do according to his good pleasure. So even our prayers, we got to give we got to give credit and glory to God for them. Amen. Because who's working in us? It's him at work in us. So when God is planning to do a thing and he wants people to know he's doing a thing, he puts it in the heart of his people to pray for the thing that he's about to do. Are you with me? That makes sense to you? You know why? He does that so we don't give credit to anybody else. Amen. We give him the credit for it. And God tells us that specifically, just like that in the book of Ezekiel. He says, this is what I'm going to do down the road at different times. He says, but before I do it, I'm going to put it in the hearts of my people to pray for what I'm about to do. So when I do it, they'll know who did it and they won't give anybody else the glory for it. So that one thing tells us that, that that's how God works in all things. That before he does a thing, he puts it in our heart to pray about it. So that when it happens, we recognize his hand in it. We can't help but do lift holy hands and say, God, thank you for it. Amen. Amen. So when we're praying for our leadership and we're praying for our country and we're praying for our, our work and what God's given us to do, we, we pray the truths that God has already given us to pray. That's what we do. We call, we call him to remember. Remember what you said, Lord. That's what prayer is doing. Lord, you've done told me what you're going to do. You told me how you work. You told me why you work the way you work. So I'm going to give it to you and believe you're more than able to do it. Remember the word you spoke. And you know what? God does it and we praise him for it. Amen. Amen. We just got to remember that. A lot of times you hear people just like, have you ever heard anybody tell you that when people die, they turn into an angel? Y'all hear that? That's one of those pet peeves of mine. Gotcha. You hear it all the way. They got their angel wings. Nobody's going to get wings. Are you with me? Come on. That, that, it doesn't work that way. Y'all know those commercials? Y'all yeah. seen those commercials when they're talking about the phones and stuff and it's them mature older ladies and they're telling you about Facebook or whatever it is and one of them says it doesn't work like this. That's not how it works. Well, that's not how it works in the kingdom of God. Amen. Well, there, there, there are things that we see God doing that a lot, of time, a lot of times people say that it's God. I mean, it's this or that. Like, for an example, the, there, there's power in prayer. Well, there's power in God. God just enables us to see what he's doing in a work when we pray. But the power is not in the praying. The power is in him and in the purpose that he's given and the promises that he's given us to bring to him and the praise that we give to him, that's where that power's at. Amen? Amen. So it's just one of those things that we want to remember 
that as well. And that just, why do I say that? We are disciple makers. And all God's people said, And as disciple makers, we don't want to teach the traditions of men. We want to teach what? The truth. We want to teach the truth. And that's what Jesus was dealing with was people who were teaching traditions of what they've heard other people say through the years. And they pushed aside God's, God's word and they took the traditions of men and traded in the truth for tradition. When we're in the business, we're in the work of helping people, number one person, me, us, ourselves, trade in traditions for God's truth. Amen? Amen. That's what we're in the process of doing. And a lot of these things are, are, are they appear to be harmless on the surface, but deep down, they're leaven. And they're leaven either of Herod, worldliness, yeah. or Sadducees, or the Pharisees. What was the Pharisees? The Pharisees were a legalistic group of people who cast condemnation on everybody who wasn't part of their, of their, of their group. And, and we don't want to have that same mentality. That's what they were doing. They'd condemn anybody like they were doing with Jesus. Notice this in verse number 2. They ask the question, why do your disciples transgress, cross the boundary, sin against the tradition of the elders? Now, Kate, when he says that, why do your disciples, who do you think they were really at? Was it about who? Was it about the disciples? Who was it about? Jesus was the master, right? What is the disciple? What's the goal of a disciple? To be what? To be like his master. It's enough for a disciple to be like his master. So these slick jokers were trying to trip Jesus up like they were constantly trying to do it. And what they were saying was is that your disciples do what they do because you taught them to do this. And we want to put you on the hot seat and we want you to tell us why are you teaching your disciples to transgress the traditions of the elders. Now, what does Jesus do? Remember, Jesus didn't do anything unless he was led of who? So he, he, Keith, he wasn't, he wasn't in this dialogue reacting to these men based on them. He was at work because he knew what his father was at work. He entertained them because he was given a, an assignment to, to entertain them that day and he was leaning in on what the Father gave him. And then Jesus turns it around and says, I'll keep reading verse number two, for why did your disciples transgress the tradition of the elders? For they do not wash their hands when they eat bread. And Jesus answered and said, why do you also transgress the commandment of God? Because of what? So Jesus was saying, your traditions have crossed over in transgression against the command of God. You've replaced what God said for what you said. You've replaced what God said for what the elders have said. You have put focus on the outward appearance but not on what God's doing within a man you're more focused on is his hands clean and Jesus is going to teach us he's already said that nothing on the outside of a man is what defiles him where's the defilement come from 
from within. From within the heart. That's where everything's going to proceed out from there. He says in verse number four, For God commanded, saying, This is what you ought to do. Honor your father and your mother, and he who curses father and mother, let him be put to death. But you, on the other hand, have flipped this and say, Whoever says to his father and mother, Whatever profit you might have gained from me, let that be a gift unto God. Jesus said, You're doing nothing for your parents. You're not honoring them. You're making this all about you. And see, that's become a tradition. But that's not what God said from the beginning, right? So this is where he says, y'all draw near to me with your mouths, but your hearts are far from me. You can, you can say the name of Jehovah. You can say that you're servants of God. You can say all these things, but your heart is not to serve the Lord. Your heart is far from him. And you're, you have replaced the truth of God with the traditions of men. And that's where we want to be in the process in the kingdom of God, within the work of God in our heart, the grace of God at work. What is God's grace doing? It's constantly or steadily, consistently, day in and day out, little by little, freeing us from untruths, freeing us from lies, freeing us from falsehoods, freeing us from traditions so that we can cling unto Jesus and the truth that he is teaching. We're all in a growing process, amen? amen. Anybody make it yet? No. Anybody there yet? Carrying you there yet? Well, he's going to get you to come help us out if you were, amen? What about you, Danny? You still working on it? Still working on it. Tell me about it. Keith, you a work in progress? A long way to go. Brother Shannon, what about it? I am so far off. What about Miss Pat? Uh, she's closer than I am. She's closer than you. That's a that's a good that's a good yeah that that's a good thing to say. What about it, Tammy Hayden? I'm a disaster. You're a disaster. Yeah. Pam, I ain't gonna ask you. No, I'm playing. <laughs> What about it, Greg? Work in... Has God got some sandpaper still working on y'all? Come on. Is he still refining you? Boo, what about it? What about Brandon? Brandon, what about Boo? Lee, what about your mama? Mm-mm, she just shook her head no. Says she's still growing, huh? I see you. We, we're all still in a work in progress, but that's, that's the neat thing about it is that in this work that is happening, like what, we've, what, you're, what you're gleaning as you're walking through the Scriptures with the Lord, remember, we walk with him in his word. Not not we just get in his word and go independent at it. We need him to walk us through it. We need him to teach us about it. We need him to be uh, molding and shaping and growing us and transforming our minds so that we can prove what is that good and acceptable will. Our faith should be expanding 
in the sense that his trustworthiness is becoming more valuable and more precious to us every single day because of his faithfulness as we grow in his grace. That when we get bad news, I was thinking about that, that message that Keith was talking about the man that, that had the bad news and was in the situation and, and, and it had him scared. When though, when you grip with that bad news, that fear that comes, we know we have solutions. We know we have answer. We know we have an answer in Jesus that we can rely upon him, that our breath is in his hand, our life is in his control. If he chooses to take us out of here, take us home with him today or tomorrow or maybe next week, we're going to leave that in his hands. Amen? Because that's out of our control. There's so many things in this life that we have no control over whatsoever. But one thing we can do is that we can trust him. That's right. We can trust him. We can trust him with it all. We can trust him with it all. Think about those parables. What did it say about how the kingdom of God is like a man who found a treasure? And he went and sold everything that he had so that he can buy the field that that treasure was in. When he found it, what did he do? He buried it. He covered it up. And he went and sold all that he had so that he can lay hold of that field of that treasure. It was a treasure that other people didn't know was there. But he knew what he had found and he was willing to give up everything for it. And you see, that's we want to be growing and knowing that, hey, we have found the treasure that is worth everything. Amen? He's worth everything. Think about the pearl of great price. It's, he said the kingdom of heaven is like a merchant. Like a merchant that when he found that, that valuable pearl he went and sold everything so that he could buy it now think about that for a moment he had to buy it from somebody who didn't really know the value of it or they wouldn't have sold it Come on. you understand he he saw something that other people knew it was valuable it cost him everything to buy it but they didn't value it like he valued it Amen. you see that's how the kingdom it's like in us is that we have something that other people don't know anything about. It's, it's, they can't see it because they're still blind, Miss Pat. They can't see that. It's like that field and we're willing to forsake it all to go buy it, to get a hold of it, to cling to it so that it is, it's our treasure. We own the field and if you own the field, you own what's in the ground in the field. And we have the kingdom of heaven in Christ Jesus, but also we, we see and around people who understand we have something of value, but they're, they're not willing to sell all they have to take, take hold of that like we are with, with Jesus. And, and we can rejoice in that. Amen? Amen. And when those bad words, that bad news comes and fear immediately grips us and wants to manipulate us in a, in a fleshly natural sense what do we do we run to jesus we take that thought captive we cast it upon him and we say lord we i'm fragile i'm needy in this i i my, my life is in your hands i've given you everything you have not and will not and cannot fail me because you cannot fail yourself i'm yours i belong to you and you can't fail me and i trust you with everything and this life is not mine this life is not ours 
uh, the sufferings of this life can't compare to the beauty and the glory and the wonder that we're going to glean in the coming days. We just keep walking with him, knowing that nothing is a waste with him. Amen? Nothing is a waste. So when we're trading these traditions for his truth, it's saying that his truth is transforming us, separating us from the traditions of men and what men think, like, for an example angel wings or there's power in prayer or any other type thing that is out there. You know that, that other passage in scripture in, in 1 Corinthians chapter 2 when, when Paul says, eye is not seen and ear is not heard, nor has it entered the heart of man the things God has prepared for those that love him. In one aspect, we can we can lay claim to that is a a picture of yet that we still don't know about things in heaven and all, but that's not what that passage is teaching. Because Paul said, for he has revealed those things to us in the Spirit, in Christ. He has shown us things that the world hasn't seen. I haven't behold. The hearts of man have not perceived. I want to tell you, the treasure's in him, amen. amen. And we've got it. We found it. And we have it. And he's steady teaching us those things. So a lot of times people use that and they use it in direct reference to what is to come. But the, the, the scriptures teach us, no, that's right now. Amen. We can, we have that now. Amen. Amen. It's in him. We see it in him. And when we trade in those traditions for truth, that's what it's doing. It's, it's, it's sanctifying us in this life to look and smell and taste more like Jesus. Amen. To look and smell and taste more like Jesus. Now, we keep reading in Matthew 15, which I know y'all read today. You'll see where when he said that, the Pharisees were offended. The scribes were offended. And what, what was Jesus' response to them? What did he say? What did he say to his disciples about this offense? This tripping them up, them being wounded by what he said, how they draw near with their mouths, but their hearts are far from him. What, what did Jesus say about that? Jesus said, look, they are blind leaders leading the blind. Don't worry about that. Jesus never apologized for the truth that he taught. He never apologized for the people that he loved. And he never apologized for the sheep that he led. Amen. He didn't apologize for them. No. You don't have to either. Amen. Amen. You're going to offend a few people as you walk with Jesus. But he said, look, what my father has planted will remain and continue. But that which he has not planted will be plucked up by its roots. Amen. No different than what we see in that parable. Remember that parable of the dragnet in chapter 13 when he says that we're in the process right now of throwing out the net. And when you throw out a dragnet and you're saying in the pond or whatever you're doing, you're going to pull in a little catfish. You're going to pull in some trout. You're going to pull in a few bass. You're going to get you some minnows. You're going to get you all kind of stuff. You're going to get you some, some things you don't want. You're going to get some old mud cat. Anybody ever ate mud cat? 
Huh? Bad, huh? Not much of it. You see, what you do is you, you throw that old mud cat, you throw those things you don't want, you throw them back into the pond and you keep what you, what you, what you want out of that. And he said, that's how the kingdom of God is. As we're going through this world, as we're walking through it, you're going to have those four types that are in the, in the, the, the community of the kingdom, in the community of the, of the brethren. Those that are, that have a, a, a noble heart that God's transformed, that fruit's going to come out of it. You're going to have those stony ground. You're going to have those seed by the wayside. You're going to have those who get caught up with the cares of this life. And shallow ground, you're going to have all that. The weed's going to choke out some, but the dragnet's going to pull it all in. But there's coming a day when God sends forth His angels, like with the weed and the tares. Amen. And the angels are going to separate the righteous from the unrighteous, from the good and the bad, from that which is sheep and that which is goats. And God's going to separate all that. You know what? We don't have any control over that. Amen. Amen. What we do right now, Deborah's we we cast in the net. And we telling the truth. And we proclaiming the gospel. Some are gonna say they have it, and when they don't have it, in the end it will all be fleshed out. The angels are gonna reveal, gonna pick out that, like with the wheat and the tares. Remember, with the wheat and the tare parable, he said the world. There's a picture of the world. Yeah. Who was the seed? It was the people of God. Who were the tares? Those that didn't belong to God. And he said they're going to grow up together in the world. The righteous and the unrighteous. In the end, God's going to send his angels forth and he's going to gather up all the tares and they're going to be cast into the furnace. And then the harvest of the wheat, the righteous, will be manifested. But you see in the parable of the sower and the soil and the seed, He's not dealing with the world. He's dealing with the seed of the word of God that's planted in the hearts of people. And only one of those seeds is, is, sees the harvest to the glory of God come out of it. Come on. So when we're reading through all these things and gleaning, these gleanings in the gospel, I want you to think about a couple of things as you enter into this week. I'm going to share them to you just, just briefly, just briefly before we go today. We don't want to get honey back there. She'll, we, don't want to, we don't want to keep them back there too long with all them little ones. Amen? All right. Gleanings from the gospel. This is a couple things that I think we ought to, uh, that, I, that I've picked up on personally in my, in my walk as we've been walking through Matthew. Number one, I'm, I'm going to I'm gonna give you four, four things and then we're going to briefly talk about them. Number one, to seek. Number two, serve. Number three, shine. And number four, share. What I've been gleaning is seek, serve, shine, and share. What are we to seek? We're to seek, number one, our kingdom Savior. Jesus said, seek first and His righteousness and what? He'll take care of all other things. A lot of things. He said, look, people, people worry about this and people worry about that. He says, as my sheep, as my subject, as my servant, as my friend, you have no need to worry about all those things. There's really only one thing that you should be concerned about, and it's this, that you're not making it a priority in life to seek me first. Come on. 
There's a lot of people worried about a lot of stuff right now. The question would be, Lucas, how many people do we come across that is really concerned or worried about making it a priority to seek God first? Amen. They're, they're, they're rare. They're very, very rare. Very rare. Precious. Good. Scripture says in Hebrews, the world is not worthy of them. They're rare. I want to be part of that rare group. Amen. Amen. I want to be concerned about my walk in everyday life. Not about what I'm going to wear. Not about what I'm going to eat. Not about where I'm going to go and all those things. But I want to be more concerned about if I let any of that get in the way of me seeking Him first. Yeah. And I'm to tell you, it's easy in this world to find yourself there. Are you with me? Have y'all been there? Yeah. Do, you, do you find yourself there overwhelmingly burdened and concerned about everything but... Running to Him first. Just think about your morning times. Think about the morning times that the people we're around or we work with. Is it a priority for them to seek first the kingdom of God and His righteousness? That, that, it, that has to be the principle of priority in our life. To seek the king. Amen. And when we seek the king, we seek the king so that the king can unveil himself to us. That he can show us who he is. What he does. That's the second thing. Not only to seek our kingdom savior, but also to seek our kingdom's script. I'm just using the word script short for the idea of seeking his, his scripture, his purpose. What he teaches. What he teaches is who he is. Amen. Who he is is what he does. And I want to teach you, I want to know his script, amen. I want to know what his mind is, what he's thinking, why he's doing what he's doing. And I want to seek that. When I seek him, I'm seeking to know him. I want to know his script. I want to know his plan. I want to know his purpose. But I want him more than I want to know this, it. And when I know him, then he's going to teach me that, amen. He's going to let me walk with him. And when I walk with him, he's going to unveil what he's doing and why he's doing it. Uh, number three is that we seek our kingdom's sheep. We seek our kingdom's sheep. Jesus said it. We sang about it. What, what, what was one of the songs we sang? They shall know us by our, our love for one another, the love for the brethren, the sheep of God. But Jesus sent out his disciples in Matthew 10, didn't he? He said, I send you out as sheep. Among the wolves. Don't go to the Gentiles. Don't go to Samaria. But go to the lost sheep of Israel. You see we are sheep seeking sheep Keith. For the glory of God. Amen. God's got sheep out there. That are wayward, lost, perishing. And we bring the good news to them about our shepherd who laid his life down and shed his blood for them. Amen. So we're seeking our kingdom savior. We're seeking our kingdom script. What he's teaching. What he's doing. What his plot. What his plan is. Who he is. And we're seeking our kingdom sheep. Fellowship with the brethren. And reaching those sheep. That still hadn't heard about him yet. Amen. Amen. Serve. I said seek. Serve. Serve. When we serve we want to be humble. We must be Humble. Jesus said, blessed are the what? Poor in spirit. Blessed are the poor in spirit. 
blessed all the poor in spirit. Not only humble, but when we're humble in the kingdom, we become helpful. Helpful. You see, when you, when you make yourself available, you make your time available, you make your life available, you don't have to have much when you give it to Jesus, right? What, is this, what, what was one of our theme songs around here? Little as much as when? God is in it. Remember those, those fish and those loaves, Keith, that we just read about in chapter 14? You see, he took what was little. It was usable, though. It was edible. It was available. And there was over 5,000 men out there that day, not counting the women and the children. And what did he do with that little? The Scripture says he took what was available, what was edible, what was usable, Scripture says he blessed it. Scripture says he broke it. And then he shared it. So we want, our, we want to give, to be helpful in the kingdom, we give whatever we have, whatever it is. It, may, it don't have to be much in Jesus' hands, amen? amen? Just give him what you got. Give him your time, give him your treasures, whatever it is, just give what you got. And I want to tell you, when he blesses it, and he breaks it, and he shares it, there's going to be stories written about it. Amen? Amen. That's just what he does. And be holy. That is, to be like him. To be separate. What does Matthew 10, 25 say? What is the goal of the disciple? We already brought it out. Is what? It's enough for him to be like his teacher. To be different. To be unique. That narrow way. Trading those traditions for his truth. All right. I said, seek, serve, and what? Shine. Shine. Shine His light. Be a spotlight for Him. Illuminate. Shine His light. Shine His love. And shine His life. Shine for Jesus. Shine, shine, shine. Let your light shine. Nobody lights a candle and covers it up. Amen. A uh, uh, city on a hill is to be lit up. But we want to shine. We want to spotlight. We want to illuminate His life, His love, and His light. And then the, the, the final thing that I'm, I've been picking up on is that we want to share. What do we want to share? We want to share a couple things. Good seed. Good seed. Grace's story over your life because nobody can tell you a story like you. We want to share your story with people. Amen. If you ain't got a story about Jesus in your life, you need a story of grace. You got to, God's got to do a work in you to be able to have a story of God at work in you. And then God's solutions for life. Sharing God's solutions. What has He helped you with in everyday, everyday life? Seed. Davin uh, brought those sweet potatoes. This sweet potato right here, that, that, that's a seed in itself. How many of y'all ever grown some sweet potatoes or potatoes before? You, you could probably put this in the ground like this. This is that old uh, stem side. It's got a few dimples on it. Uh, but you can cut it, can't you, Keith? You cut it, and when you cut it, what do you want to let it do? You want to let it, you want to let it sit for a couple of days and, and um, get a callus on it so to keep it from from disease, and then you put that thing in the ground, let it sprout enough, like you can see on here, they got a few sprouts or a potato, and put it in the ground, 
And when you put that seed in the ground, you're not going to get uh, tomatoes out of this. What you going to get? You're going to get a sweet potato. I pulled up a couple trees outside. I pulled this one up last week. This was over in the kids' playground. Growing in the gravel. Then went through the bisqueen out there and the pea gravel. And notice, this was what was showing. Now, I pulled this out last week and had it sitting on a table out there. This is what was showing out of the ground. Look at that, look at that root system. It's as long or longer underneath the ground as it was above it. But this was a seed that took root out there in that playground. And it just started growing and it got a tap root in it. And, and see, that's, we, we want to plant seed. We want to plant good seed. But we are seed. You got to remember that. Amen. We are seed ourselves. And as seed, we want our tap root to be deep in the ground, getting into that living water that's going to sustain us uh, throughout the journey of life. Now I pulled this one out. Watch how this, watch how this works. I pulled this one out this morning. Look, same thing. Small. Growing out there. Last week with all them kids out there, I had several of them growing that I was going to pick from. They were all gone. I found this one this morning. They done, they done destroyed them out there. I pulled this one. Look at it. How it's growing. We're about to tear down the shed over here and get another one at some point. And they got a gutter hanging off of that thing. And guess what was growing in that gutter? Notice how the sea, how the root system took and went down, Danny. It couldn't keep going down, so what does it do? It runs along the bottom of that gutter. But see, you can, you can, life can start in the gutter, but this tree wouldn't sustain life in that gutter unless it had some better, a better place to tap in to life it's going it eventually going to die as soon as as soon as uh, it don't get enough rain or the sun gets on it it's going to die out pretty quick but it's running along that along that gutter to get its get its um uh, life source its water look i brought some seed in here today i'm gonna give you a couple of these just as a reminder That you want to share good seed. If you don't share seed from day to day, the living word of God, the ways of God, because the Bible refers to the word of God as a seed. It is a seed. Matter of fact, we're born again by the incorruptible seed of the word of God. And we want to go out this week giving it away. Amen. I'm going to pass that on to you and you pass that on to Brittany. Farmer Legion, it's not old enough yet. Now you can share these white beans and red beans, and that's all you're going to get. Amen. But if you go plant the good news... Gleanings from the gospel. Go share your story. Share that good seed. Let your light shine. Seek first the king. 
serve folks. God's going to use it. Amen? Amen. He's going to use it. You let him be God. You just be a servant. Be a servant. Because what the Father hadn't planted, it's going to get uprooted. Let him keep anchoring you in Christ and let him keep pouring. You you ain't give that kid no seed, did you? No. Oh, she's wanting some. So now the preacher's going to get the blame for it, huh? Keep going, amen? Keep going. Keep gleaning. Keep going. Keep glowing for Jesus. Father, we thank you today. We bless you. Ask you to help us. Continue to teach us. We do want from day to day to keep trading these lies we've hung to and believed in for your truth. We trust you. Believe you more than able. In Jesus' name, amen. Y'all got a story to tell? Find somebody. Plant a little seed in this week. Amen? Amen Amen and amen. Love y'all.